it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, you know, Raw 30 was trending tonight. I saw the hashtag. It was Raw XXX. I think WWE had Raw is XXX. That was trending tonight on Twitter. I sure hope that you did not click on that hashtag if you were at work. Maybe you're working late tonight. You were taking a real chance. Boy, I saw some shit clicking on that hashtag. Tonight was about nostalgia. Tonight was about taking a trip down memory lane. 30 years of Monday Night Raw. 30 years of moments. We got a lot of old clips and videos and highlights of the good old days. Honestly, that's the one bad thing when they do these shows. It happened with the 20th anniversary. It happened with Raw 25. And it happened again tonight with Raw 30. We get to see all of the highlights of when Monday Night Raw was actually a must-see television show. And then I'm left sitting here going, what happened? (laughs) How can we go back to that? Right? It's not all bad now, but you're going to throw these highlights in my face of Austin 316 and The Rock and... The Undertaker and DX and oh, you know, over and over and over again. And I'm just sitting here going, my God, I'm watching fucking Sonya Deville and Bianca Belair. And these people could not possibly give two shits about what they're watching. And I'm just, I'm thinking to myself, how did we get here? Is this really a good thing that we should be highlighting how down things have been over the years? But anyway, always nice to take a trip down memory lane. We'll try not to complain too much, although there are there are things to complain about here. There were some faces noticeably absent from the show tonight. When you are talking about 30 years of Monday Night Raw, when you think of Raw, you think of Stone Cold Steve Austin. You think of The Rock. You think of John Cena. People who may end up being involved in WrestleMania in some form this year, but they were not on Raw tonight. But we did get a lot of other legends all you know sprinkled all throughout the show. And I will say... I will pay them a compliment for how they used the legends tonight. Uh, most of them, not not all of them. I thought that they did a better job than they normally do of using the legends in a way that doesn't really put them over so much as it does using them to give shine for people on their current roster. So case in point, I'm going to be talking about The Undertaker. Undertaker made an appearance tonight. He came out as the American Badass. And he shared the ring with Bray Wyatt and L.A. Knight. Undertaker had L.A. Knight, and he was going to choke slam him, but he gave him to Bray Wyatt. He let Bray Wyatt have the glory instead of taking it for himself and hitting a choke slam or hitting a tombstone, if he even could still. Yeah, there were there were other appearances. We had the members of DX later on in the show. Imperium came out to confront them, and we had the Intercontinental Champion Gunther. He was in the ring, and all the members of DX joked about how fucking old they are. I'm retired, I'm old, I'm fat, I'm this, I'm that. Yeah, it just rhymed. And they gave the glory instead to Seth Rollins, and they gave the glory instead to the Street Profits. And it turned into a six-man tag team match. But it's just moments like that because there was, you know, a period of time where 
you would have had the old guard coming out and they would have taken that spotlight. You know, they would have booked those guys to, you know, be made to look stronger than the people on the roster right now. And they, they've done that for so many years. It has a detrimental effect on your current roster. They didn't really do that tonight. So that was good. They, they found a good balance of old and new and trying to put over their newer uh, crop of talent. The first hour of this show tonight was commercial-free. They announced that earlier on today, so there were no commercials in hour number one, and I thought the first hour of this show, it just, it Tyler breezed by, right? It was great. I enjoyed the first hour of the show. We have the trial of Sami Zayn. The bloodline story took up the first 30 minutes of the show, and I didn't mind, because what we got from that segment I thought was excellent. Then we got the segment I mentioned, LA Knight comes out, Undertaker makes an appearance, Bray Wyatt comes out, first hour flew by and then we hit the second hour and it was all downhill from there there was a cage match advertised tonight with Becky Lynch and Bailey one of the feature matches that was advertised all week long that was cut from the show uh, and I'm going to tell you why Fightful had the scoop on why that was Uh, and look it's live television so sometimes there are time constraints things happen right but didn't have a cage match tonight So that was a hell of a way to start the 9 p.m. hour. Because we had a commercial-free first hour, it doesn't mean that, oh, we have fewer commercials tonight. No, it means that we have no commercials in the first 60 minutes. And all of those commercials that we would have had in hour number one, we have to now spread them out over hour number two and hour number three. And it makes the show absolutely insufferable. In the main event alone tonight, Austin Theory defending the United States Championship against Bobby Lashley. No disqualification. Austin Theory comes out to make his entrance. We go to commercial. We come back. Bobby Lashley makes his entrance. 60 seconds later, we go to commercial. (laughs) They took another commercial. Two different commercials in the middle of the main event. And boy, did they rush right off the air at the end of the show. I've never seen a show have three hours of television time. And then rush off the air so abruptly because they ran out of time. So uh, not the best time management tonight. But look, it's a great gimmick. Commercial free, right? It sounds all good. And then you pay the price for it late in the show. Uh, This was not a great episode of Raw. I thought that there were enough fun moments on the show. Yeah, we had the different appearances and stuff. It's always fun to see Kurt Angle, and it's fun to see, you know, Shawn Michaels, and it's fun to see some of these guys that they trot out there. Uh, And then there are other appearances where it's just the same shit all the time, right? Let's have Ron Simmons go, damn. Let's have the Million Dollar Man go, ha, ha, ha. Everybody's got a price. You know, I I do wish they'd have a little more uh, creativity to this. Now, there were people they invited to the show who were unable to make it for one reason or another. Uh, I know Tatanka was one of those people. I'm sure, you know, (laughs) I mean... You know, when I think of 30 years of Monday Night Raw, I think of Tatanka. But the bloodline carried the show tonight. And this is the new pattern in WWE. The bloodline is what is carrying this product. I've been saying it for weeks and weeks on SmackDown. Why is SmackDown generally more enjoyable than Raw? It has one less hour, but it's the bloodline. This is the best storytelling that we have seen in WWE in a decade or more. It carried the show on Friday, and it carried the show tonight. Take out the tribal court. Take out the tag team title match. What went down with Sami Zayn there? 
This show is not nearly as good. This is the recurring theme that we've had. And now, as it feels like we're barreling towards the big climax or the big payoff to this Bloodline storyline, it makes me wonder, what the hell is this show going to look like Mondays and Fridays when the Bloodline story is over? Do they have another great story that they can transition to? Or are we going to be left uh, in a real lurch here? Maybe we can, Maybe we need them to drag this thing out for another six months. I, I don't know. But they're going to have to uh, figure out something. But it was a trip down memory lane. I shall, I shall join you on the journey tonight. This is your Raw 30th Anniversary Review for Monday, January 23rd. Before we even get into this Raw 30 review, we actually have some news. And this comes courtesy of Fightful Select. Fightful Select has learned that a pitch was made internally in WWE for a huge opponent for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, this is not the opponent. Bully the Clown is definitely not the opponent. God, the timing the timing of the clown never ceases to amaze me. But there was a huge opponent pitched internally for Stone Cold Steve Austin, which Fightful was told was Roman Reigns, the reigning undisputed WWE Universal Champion, The report says that we are told, at the very least, Austin's camp was approached with the possibility of it happening, which was said to have been for an enormous amount of money. In the summer of 2022, Fightful reported that Austin was approached with a deal that was not as appealing from a financial standpoint. Those that we spoke to in WWE claimed that they had not heard back on whether the more recent offer was accepted or not, even though Austin is certainly training for something, if you follow him on on, uh, Instagram. Or Instagram. And another source indicated that another, quote, big name was offered to Austin uh, in the months prior. There were a lot of rumors and a lot of talk online about John Cena against Steve Austin. Now it looks like John Cena, if he's wrestling in Mania, probably going to be Austin Theory. Uh, I don't think we're seeing Austin Austin and Cena. Austin and Roman Reigns. When you, when you say it, yes, it sounds like a, a huge match, right? What a big match past generation top star against the current generation top star. And look, I love Stone Cold. I love hearing the glass shatter. I still think we're going to get it at the Rumble on Saturday. I think in San Antonio, we're going to get the surprise entrance of Stone Cold. The place is going to go nuts. But Austin and Roman Reigns is a match that does not need to happen. It sounds good on paper. It's, it's a match that I could see happening maybe at a Saudi Arabia pay-per-view if they wanted to do some sort of big attraction match. But to do Austin and Roman Reigns, if you're going to do that match, that's a WrestleMania match. We do not need Stone Cold Steve Austin challenging Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. We don't need it. If it was The Rock, you at least have the bloodline story. So that would make sense. The head of the table, the tribal chief. Okay, cool. They're, they're, they're part of the same family. You've got a story there. Uh, I don't know how good the match would be, but okay, that makes sense. And that that doesn't look like it's happening either, or it's very, very unlikely. Austin and Roman Reigns, I just don't see the benefit in it. I mean, for what? For Austin to come back and lose? To do what? To give the rub to Roman Reigns? Of all the people on this fucking roster, Roman Reigns needs the rub? I don't think Roman Reigns needs to be rubbed. Only by his wife, by Mrs. Reigns. He does not need the rub. So then what are you getting? You're getting a big match, but what are you getting out of it? 
Why would Austin come in even for for three million dollars to just come back, be in the main event and lose? So Roman retains the championship and holds on to him for what another twelve months? We get to come back at WrestleMania forty and do it again, year number four, in the reign of Roman Reigns. I mean, I just don't see. I don't see the. I don't really see the benefit of doing this. I enjoyed seeing Austin come back last year against Kevin Owens. The match that he and Owens had was a lot of fun. And it would have been a great way for Austin to go out on a high note. In the main event of WrestleMania, home state of Texas, he said it himself. He debuted in Dallas, Texas. He gets to retire in Dallas, Texas. Hits the stunner, one, two, three, drinks beer. Looked good doing it. Took a fucking suplex in the crowd on the concrete, which I couldn't believe. He was a little slow to get going, but it was almost like the more beer he drank, the better he looked in the match. Now all these reports of him wanting to, you know, come back and do another match and there, there are definitely people that you could put in the ring with him. You want to use somebody on the current roster. Again, I think somebody like an LA Knight would be perfect and Austin can go over, but Austin and Roman Reigns, it sounds like an attractive match, but I just don't see the, the real logic in doing it. So I, I, I hope that's not the plan. I mean, I'm not going to say that, oh, my God, I hate it. It's, you know, I'm not going to watch. It's terrible. I just don't see the the logic. I don't see what's gained from it. But that's the update. We don't know if uh, Austin even accepted the offer. But, again, you follow him on Instagram, he's definitely been training for something, which is why I think we're going to see him in the Rumble on Saturday. But we begin here with tonight's show, and we open Raw 30, with two WWE Hall of Famers. We had the Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, who doesn't look all that different than he did 30 years ago. And with Jimmy Hart, where Jimmy Hart goes, you know who follows. Or maybe it's the other way around. The immortal Hulk Hogan, making his very first WWE appearance since he and his good buddy Titus O'Neil co-hosted WrestleMania 37 in his hometown of Tampa. Hulk Hogan comes out on stage and gets a lukewarm reaction. For someone of his stature and notoriety, who's been gone for a while, right? His first appearance in in a few years, right? This was probably the quietest reaction I've ever heard Hulk Hogan get in my life. I can't say I'm surprised, but I'm sure that's not what he was expecting. He came out here, the crowd. Didn't really seem to care. He had a microphone in his hand. It kept cutting out on him. He had microphone problems. You could see the stage hand run out from the back, hand him a new mic. He really didn't have anything to say. It was the typical Hulk Hogan shtick. You know, let me tell you something, brother. You know, what you gonna do, brother? Brother Jack dude. When Monday Night Raw runs wild on you, you hear from the Silverdome. At least he didn't call it the Silverdome. They were not at the Silverdome. They, they were in uh, Philadelphia tonight. So he did get a cheap pop when he name-dropped the Philadelphia Eagles. So that was, that was an easy reaction, right? That got a bigger reaction than he did when he initially came out. And to close out, the uh, cold open took us into a video showing us some of the best raw moments of the past 30 years. It's a great video package. Uh, And if you missed it, I did my own countdown of what I thought were the top 30 moments in Raw history, none of which happens to involve Hulk Hogan. Although, uh, Hogan, you know, he did have some some big moments on the show. You know, and it was 
really all from his comeback in 2002. You know, the face-to-face in the ring, Icon versus Icon, when he and The Rock announced their match at WrestleMania. Uh, the night after WrestleMania that year, when he came out and got that five-minute-long standing ovation. He didn't get no five-minute-long standing ovation here in Philadelphia. Uh, so Hogan's had his share of raw moments over the years. One of my favorite Hulk Hogan raw moments was The Undertaker dragging him by his ankles on the back of his motorcycle all throughout the building in the back. That was a pretty fun raw moment. So, and actually, before we even go on here, in the opening video, when they were showing the raw moments and they were uh, you know, playing the old music and, and all that, I've seen all the old Raw intros all week long. People, different Twitter accounts have been tweeting out links to the old Raw intro videos and the old music. And uh, I don't know what happened, but I'm watching and listening to all of those. And all throughout tonight, they played, you know, Papa Roach and they played uh, all the old Raw themes. Although I don't think, I don't, did they play Marilyn Manson? I don't know if they did. Uh, But I'm just like watching these and I'm like, what happened? Like the current Raw music. It sucks. Why can't we get a badass intro to Raw? Back then, those intros, they got you pumped up, right? They got you pumped up and excited to want to see the show that night. And I can't say that the current music does anything to uh, to do that. So, I don't know. Maybe it's true what they say. You really can't beat the classics. But we got our opening pyro, and the bloodline was out for the opening segment, including Sami Zayn who was put on trial tonight in a tribal court. He was put on trial for a crime that he did not commit. They put an innocent man on trial. They aired highlights of the closing angle from SmackDown on Friday night. <laughs> because music sucks today. Duddy says, because music sucks today. You know what? You're not entirely wrong when you say that. You're not entirely wrong when you say that. Maybe this is beyond a wrestling problem. This is this is more of a music and pop culture problem. So they aired highlights from Friday night when Kevin Owens got the jump on the bloodline during the contract signing segment. He laid out Roman Reigns. He put him through the table with a pop-up powerbomb. He signed the contract. Sami Zayn was late coming out. Owens threw the contract at him, ran up into the crowd. And when Sami looked down at the contract, he had a, a surprise look on his face. And I thought, well, that's got to be an indication of something. What what did he see? Maybe Kevin Owens didn't just write his own name on the contract. Maybe he didn't write his name at all. Maybe he wrote in Sammy's name on the contract. Uh, there was actually no follow-up on that at all tonight. So apparently we were just reading too much into it. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Right? There's still time. We could come to find out that there was something else written in the contract. Uh, but if there is, there was no mention of that at all tonight. So they had a table and chairs in the ring again, just like they did on Friday for the contract signing. Sammy was standing stoic initially on one side of the ring, uh, away from all the other members of the bloodline. Roman handed the mic to the wise man. And of course, he took his seat at the head of the table. Heyman got some ECW chants since they were in Philadelphia. And Heyman acknowledged the chants. Hey, look at this. Trish. Just subscribe to the channel. Getting the Asuka thumbs up. Where's Asuka? Where has Asuka been? Heyman acknowledged the ECW chants. And he told his tribal chief, he said, My tribal chief, ECW is dead. And he said, 
And I wish the same for Sami Zayn. It was kind of harsh, right? So the fans chanted for Sami. Heyman called him a Judas. He's been in a uh, conspiracy with Kevin Owens, he said, since day number one. He's been making them feel like the fans of Philadelphia. He, he said he's been making them feel like the fans of the Philadelphia Eagles. And they're going to feel like the fans of the Eagles when they get conquered by Brock. And then he said Purdy of the San Francisco 49ers. And boy, did he get booed for that. That was great. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So Heyman then presented us with four exhibits. First up was footage from the August 12, 2022 episode of SmackDown. Sami Zayn was with the Usos outside the Bloodline locker room when Drew McIntyre jumped them. And as Drew McIntyre was kicking the crap out of the Usos, in the background, you could see Sami Zayn, who had run away. So that was uh, Exhibit A. Next up was footage from the August 29th episode of Raw. Sami Zayn had a chance to hit Kevin Owens with a chair during a match with Jay uh, Uso, and he hesitated. And Kevin Owens ended up hitting Jay with a stunner and pinning him. Then we had footage from Survivor Series back on November 26th, showing Sami Zayn sitting on the very top of the cage, posing. This was after the War Games match. This was after they went off the air. We didn't see any of this. But Sami was sitting on top of the cage. He was looking down at somebody, and he was going for, it was something like for life. And Heyman goes, what are we, the NWO? Are we the Four Horsemen? Are we the Dangerous Alliance? I love the Dangerous Alliance mention. Fast forward to SmackDown, two days before Christmas on December 23rd. There was that in-ring promo with the bloodline where Sami Zayn got all fired up. Remember that? He cut that great promo. During the promo, as he was looking in the hard camera, he brushed up, just barely brushed up against Roman Reigns. And Paul Heyman said that that was, it was an assault. He assaulted Roman Reigns. He called Sami a rat bastard and said that he was guilty as charged another uh, little ecw hat tip there he said the prosecution rests its case then it was time for sammy to defend himself the fact that paul Heyman would sit there and put him on trial to defend himself he said that hurts he said i guess what i'm saying is that my defense is that i have no defense and roman reigns could not believe what he had heard he grabbed the mic and said you don't have a defense he said, you have so much of an ego that you won't even fight for this. He goes, I give you, 
opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And this is what you do. This is the respect that you show me. He says, Solo. Solo Sokoa very casually walks behind Sami Zayn. He sticks out his thumb like he's about to give him the Samoan spike. And who should come to the aid of Sami Zayn, of all people, but Jey Uso. Jey Uso comes over. He stops Solo Sokoa and got a big pop. Jay told Roman that, I put my own footage together last night, Oos. I want you to take a look at this. Roll the tape. Defense Exhibit A. SmackDown, June 3rd, 2022. The Usos beat Matt Riddle after Sammy was in the production truck. He had played Roman's theme music, which distracted, I assume it was RK-Bro at that point, and not uh, some kind of handicap match. But the distraction, Sammy playing the music or having them play the music in the truck, is what led to the Usos winning the match. SmackDown, August 19th, Drew McIntyre was about to hit Roman Reigns with a Claymore kick when Sami Zayn got in the ring. He pushed Roman out of the way. He took the bullet for Roman Reigns. He ate the boot of Drew McIntyre. SmackDown, September 9th, Sammy again takes the bullet in the form of a chair shot to the back. SmackDown, December 9th, the Usos beat the Brawling Brutes, and it was Sami Zayn who grabbed Sheamus by the leg and prevented him from getting back into the ring in time to break up the winning fall. Survivor Series. We see Kevin Owens give the stunner to Roman Reigns. He's got him dead to rights. The referee counts one. The referee counts two. Sami Zayn comes over. He grabs the referee's hand to stop him from counting three. Moments later, He gives Kevin Owens a low blow, kicks him right in the balls, gives him a halluva kick, helps the bloodline win war games. Jay said that Sammy took so many bullets for the bloodline, the guy is basically bulletproof. And he admitted that he didn't like Sammy at first, but Sammy never gave up on him. And he said that's what family does. So that tape right there demonstrates to him loyalty and love to this family. He goes, hey, Sami Zayn, I love you like a brother, Oos. 100. He said, so if you want Sami Zayn to stay in the bloodline, then throw your ones up to the sky. And the entire crowd put their fingers up in the air. Jay put his finger up in the air. Jimmy put his finger up. There was one guy in the second row who had his finger up his nose, but... Everybody except for Solo. Solo stood there with his arms crossed because he just doesn't sell it. So the crowd chanted Sammy Uso. Roman stood up. He said, as our tribal chief and as the head of the table, I find you, Sammy Zayn, not guilty. I felt like I was watching an episode of Law and Order. Not guilty, he says, for now. He said, I want you to look at Jay and thank him because he bought you some more time. He says, so here's how it's going to go. He said that you're going to finish out tonight, and then I don't want to see you again. I don't want to see you again until Saturday in San Antonio at the Royal Rumble. He said that that is where you are going to deliver your final test. And then we're going to see if Sami Zayn really is the bloodline or not. This was a fantastic segment. This was storytelling at its best, 
as it has been really now for uh, many, many months. But, you know, to see all of the footage that they pulled together kind of laid out like that, you know, exhibit A, B, C, D, E, and F, and so on, uh, really brings it home. And for it to be Jay Uso, of all people, think about where we started with this story. And for it to be Jay Uso, of all people, as the one to come to Sammy's defense and save his skin. I loved it. I loved it. Roman, you had Roman holding court. You had Solo just standing there, just, you know, just he's the enforcer. That's his job. He doesn't smile. He doesn't crack. He doesn't laugh. He didn't put his finger up in the air when, when Jay said, put your finger up in the air if you want to see Sammy be part of this family. He just stood there. Uh, he doesn't have to do much, but he played his part well. Paul Heyman as the prosecutor. I thought he was he was great. Uh, I love just the look of disdain on Heyman's face, and it's been this way for months. Every interaction that him and Sammy have had in the back has all been bullshit. It's all been this passive-aggressive, just bullshit, right? There was a segment they had all those weeks ago back in, well, I guess it was last month, and um, I forgot who said what first. But <laughs> basically, I think Heyman said to Sammy, how was your Hanukkah? They had a good Hanukkah? And Sammy was like, well, I had a Sure, it was as good as your Ramadan. Like, every segment between them has been gold. But as soon as Sammy walks off, Heyman has a big smile on his face. As soon as Sammy would walk off, he just would have this scowl on his face. And tonight, he could not hide his disdain for this man. But I have to give a shout-out to one person. I have to give a shout-out to John Pollock of Post Wrestling who had what I thought was the absolute tweet of the night, and I'll put it up on on screen here. The only thing the trial of Sami Zayn needed was Afa being in the ring to mouth the words, not not guilty to the jury. Now, this is going to be a lot of people who are like, what does that mean? It goes right over their head. If you know, that's a fucking great tweet. Uh, If you don't know, for those who, who don't, during Vince McMahon's steroid trial uh, back in 1994, which I've covered many times on the podcast before, uh, one of the it was just it was a whole circus that trial. But one of the things that happened during the trial is Afa was in the courtroom, and he was seen mouthing the words "not guilty" to one of the jurors, like he was trying to influence or intimidate one of the jurors and he was actually warned about being held in contempt of court if he kept doing that so i just i saw that i said what a fucking great tweet what a fucking great tweet now the reason that the segment we saw tonight even happened at all this replaced what the original plan was the original plan was they were going to have a bloodline acknowledgement ceremony for roman reigns and per uh dave Meltzer, he says the reason that the segment did not happen was because Rikishi got sick. Uh, He didn't say what it was or COVID or what, but Rikishi got sick, and Afa and Sika could not make it for whatever reason. Now, Afa is like 80 years old. Sika is probably almost 80 years old, so it could be for any number of reasons that they were not able to make the show tonight. Uh, But whatever they had planned, the creative changed uh, late last week, and we ended up with the trial of of, uh, Sami Zayn. And honestly, seeing how this segment ended up playing out, I'm not sure that segment would have been better than what we got tonight. Sammy's final test is going to be at the Royal Rumble. Uh, Again, they did not bring up the contract issue from Friday at all. That did not play into things at all tonight. So, uh, you know, again, is it going to come up again? It might. 
you know, it's possible that we, you know, we still haven't seen this play out yet. Uh, but I just, I still feel like they should save the bloodline beatdown for after the rumble. Having watched this segment tonight, I think there's, there's definitely a chance depending on what this final test is going to be for Sami Zayn, that it could go down this Saturday. Maybe the final test, unless they tell us what it is on Friday, maybe the final test is going to be a beatdown of Sami Zayn. Maybe to prove his loyalty to the bloodline, he's going to take a beating for the bloodline. As as a way to kind of take Kevin Owens off his A-game and that will lead into the finish because Kevin Owens is not winning the championship on Saturday. But he's also not just going to eat a clean pinfall loss. Sami Zayn is going to play a role in the outcome of this match on Saturday. It all hinges on what this final test is going to be. Does he get whacked on Saturday? I still think you save that for a big dramatic TV segment sometime after the Rumble. Maybe the Friday after the Rumble. But seeing what they did tonight, there's a a better chance that maybe something like that goes down on Saturday. But this was great. This is a great opening segment. This is the first 30 minutes of the show. The Usos and Sami Zayn, they stayed out there for the opening match, which was the Usos defending the Raw Tag Team Championship against Damian Priest and Jailhouse Dom of the Judgment Day. Sami as the referee. You know, I've had a few people ask me about that. What do I think of Sami Zayn possibly being the uh, special guest referee for the match? It's possible. But that's something that I think they would have to announce in advance. So we would know, I think, by Friday if that were the case. Uh, Is that maybe something that Owens wrote into the contract? Again, if it was, I don't know why it wouldn't have come up tonight. But could he be the referee? Sure. He doesn't have to be. All he has to do is be at ringside. Because he will factor into this match. The entire story revolves around Sami Zayn. He can't not be involved in this match in some way. So the Raw Tag Team titles only were up for grabs here. Finn Balor dropped Jay on the top turnbuckle at one point, uh, even though Balor was not in the match. But the referee caught him, and he ejected Balor from ringside. Jimmy then hit a suicide dive out onto, I want to say it was Priest. uh, But he came up lame, and he was holding his knee. And he was selling it real well at first, to the point where I just kind of held my breath and I said, "Uh uh-oh. This close to WrestleMania, and Jimmy has a history. Look, Jimmy Uso tore his ACL. The whole reason we got main event Jey Uso a couple of years ago was because Jimmy was out hurt. So I saw him clutch his knee and I, I thought, oh boy, this is not good. And the referee held up the X, officials ran down to assist. It was it was clear pretty quickly that it was all part of the story, but those first like fifteen seconds, I was like, shit. <laughs> I mean, there's never a good time to get hurt, but this would have been fucking just absolutely terrible. So he says he can't continue, and they're helping him down the aisle. Well, here comes Adam Pierce. He rushes out with a microphone. He's checking are you, you can't continue? Like you're sure. Sammy Zayn stepped in. And he said he might have a solution because Adam Pierce was threatening to throw the match away and it would be a forfeit and the judgment day would win the tag team titles. And Sammy said, look, I, I might have a solution here. We have one Uso hurt, but Sammy Uso is ready to go. And the fans like that idea. Pierce said, you know, I did it once for the judgment day. I'll do it for the Usos. He said the match continues. Priest and Dominic against Sami Zayn and Jey Uso. 
I appreciate the callback to the tag team gauntlet match a few weeks ago when Balor got hurt and Pierce allowed Dominic to stand in his place, which is why Dominic and Priest got the tag team title match tonight. So I like the fact that he at least called back to that and said, well, you know, I did it for them, and so I'll do it for you guys. Uh, But it is just, (laughs) it is so dumb. The idea that Jimmy gets hurt, he can't continue. And so the only thing left to do, I'm sorry, I have to throw the match away and award the titles to the Judgment Day. Why would he do that? How many times over the years have we seen somebody get hurt in a match or walk out on their partner? And it ends up being a handicap match, and they have to go it alone. And the match continues. And yeah, more often than not, that person loses. Why all of a sudden does Adam Pierce have to throw the fucking match away? Keep in mind, WWE literally tomorrow night, this is unbelievable, tomorrow night on NXT, they are advertising a women's tag team title defense. It is going to be Caden Carter and Casey, or Caden Carter and Katana, these fucking names, Katana Chance and Caden Carter, oh my God, defending the NXT women's tag team titles against Alba Fire. Literally tomorrow night, we have a two-on-one defense of the NXT women's tag team titles. Explain to me why Jey Uso can't go it alone. I know why they did this. They wanted to get Sammy in there. But why would why would Adam Pierce you know what? <laughs> we make up the rules here as we go along. I know, yes, I wish I had my copy of the WWE rule book here, but I seem to have misplaced it. I don't I don't have the rule book laying around, so we'll just move on. Why ask why? Sammy the, the crowd loved the switch though. They they were ready to see Sammy get in the ring. So Sammy hit a flip dive uh, out to the floor onto Damian Priest and Dominic. Uh, but he was distracted by Priest, which allowed Dom to schoolboy him in the ring, got his feet on the rope, and he only got a near fall. Sammy kicked out. So then, after that, uh, Rhea Ripley distracted the referee, which allowed Damien to hit the South of Heaven choke slam to Sammy Zayn, made the cover for a very close near fall. Jay popped back in. He doled out super kicks, but stopped short of super kicking Rhea. Yet again, Rhea Ripley gets involved, and she says, give me your best shot. She is teasing Jay Uso. She's daring Jay Uso. Kick me, hit me, do something. All right, but of course, can't do that, right? We can't, we can't have uh, Jay Uso beating up Rhea Ripley. So she's daring him to do this, and all of a sudden, Dominic kicks Jay from behind. He ends up in the ropes. Dominic hits the 619, follows up with a frog splash. Sammy breaks up the pin at the last moment. Sammy made a blind tag before Jay super kicked Dom, and then Jay and Sammy gave Dom the 1D. Sammy made the cover and pinned Dominic, and the Usos retained their Raw tag team titles. They cut backstage. Roman Reigns is watching this on a screen. Paul Heyman is with him. Solo Sokoa is standing there. And Roman turns to Heyman and he says, he made it through the night. Now, I don't want to see him again until Saturday. You make sure I don't see him until the Rumble. Yes, my tribal chief. So Roman was not overly impressed. Uh, This was fun. And again, the crowd enjoyed seeing Sammy Uso uh, step in there in place of Jimmy. But uh, the thing I was most happy about 
they didn't change the titles. I thought there was a real shot that we were going to have new Raw Tag Team Champions. I, th- I thought that a few days ago. Uh, but, I don't know, t- you're coming in tonight after the opening segment, I didn't see the titles changing hands. I'm glad they didn't. The titles should be kept as is until the Usos drop them to Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. And then coming out of WrestleMania, you can split them, you can draft one to one show and one to the other. Until WrestleMania, the Usos should remain tag team champions and not be beaten by anybody else. So I'm glad that they didn't do it. Backstage, we had JBL and Baron Corbin. They were shown walking in the back. They crossed paths with the Godfather, who I think just had a, uh, I think a hip replacement. He had some kind of big surgery a few weeks ago. Uh, But he was moving around pretty good here. JBL and Godfather hugged. MVP, uh, or uh, not MVP. Uh, Was it MVP? I don't know. Godfather. Godfather uh, checked his list. And he wanted to know if uh, Baron Corbin was on there. He goes, I don't see anybody named Baron or, you know, any other name. Corbin, sorry, brother, you're not on the list. Now, the list for what, you might be asking. Was he a bouncer now? Godfather used to own his own club. He used to, he used to manage a, uh, a Cheetahs club out in Vegas. I don't think he does anymore. I think now he has his own line of uh, marijuana. That's why he's so happy. Every time I see Godfather, he's got a smile on his face. If you live the life the Godfather lives, you'd be in a good mood all the time, too. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So what he was guarding was the APA protection door. Remember the old segments for the APA? You'd have to knock on the door first and go in. They'd be playing their game. So he was guarding the door. It was a poker game going on behind the door. So Godfather knocked on the door. Ron Simmons came out from behind the door. He hugged JBL. We had a little APA reunion here. Corbin gave uh, Simmons and Godfather a couple of wads of cash to get in. All of a sudden, they were like, oh, wait, yeah, you know what? I missed it. You are on the list. So they bring JBL and Corbin through the door. And then we see that they have this big area set up with multiple tables. There's multiple poker games going on. Uh, it's got a mix of main roster talent and legends. I saw Tozawa, and I saw, you know, DiBiase was over there in DDP. So this would be a recurring theme uh, throughout the entire show tonight. We would have multiple segments in the back with the poker game so they could get all the legends on camera for their quick cameos. We come back live to the ring because we're still commercial free. And LA Knight is in the ring. Let me talk to you. On SmackDown, he said Bray Wyatt brought back the Firefly Funhouse. 
He said, a grown man in cell playing with puppets and spooky music, and I'm supposed to be afraid of that. Meanwhile, this guy is living off past glory, and it got him thinking. You know, it's Raw 30. We've got legends also who are living off past glory, and if any of them want to come down, he'll give them a preview of the pitch black match at the Royal Rumble at their expense. Then we heard the gong. We had a big reaction for the gong. It was the Undertaker's music. But then it switched over to Kid Rock and American Badass. I, I'm, I'm guessing the last time we heard American Badass on this television show was over 20 years ago. And here comes the Undertaker on his motorcycle, slowly. He was not speeding down to the ring. Uh, they don't have the ramp anymore. It's not as fun. It was more fun when they had that long ramp down to the ring. There's no ramp. So he's driving very slowly. He's actually got his feet on the floor. He looked like fucking Fred Flintstone, the way he was kind of pedaling this thing. Anyway, he did his little lap around the ring with the motorcycle, turned it off, got in the ring. He did the American Badass pose. Remember when he was the American Badass, he would come to the ring and he would he would go like this, you know. He would go to each corner of the ring, he'd go like that. We haven't seen him doing the American Badass thing in over 20 years. So it was cool. You know, for nostalgia purposes, it was cool. I'm sure Vince McMahon was probably, uh, you know, gritting his teeth because he never liked the American Badass gimmick, which is why for so many years they, they didn't make any mention of it at all. When Undertaker had his WrestleMania matches with Triple H, they never even aired. And it was almost like the match at WrestleMania 17, which just so happens to be, for a lot of people, the best WrestleMania of all time. You would think the match never existed. So. It was, it was cool to see him back up in this uh, American Badass getup. So L.A. Knight said that uh, he heard what The Undertaker said on Joe Rogan about the locker room being soft. And he says, I agree with you. And he actually gave Bray Wyatt as an example. But he said that that doesn't apply to me. He said he was going to give Undertaker a pass. He was going to let him live to see another day and enjoy his retirement, but he wants him to watch the pitch black match at the Royal Rumble uh, because after that, he's going to be the new Lord of Darkness. I'm telling you, man, L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight. I hope, you know, when this when this program with Bray is over, I hope they got something good lined up for him. I think, hey, Austin would be a fine program for WrestleMania if you want him working with the current roster guy. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He deserves something good for WrestleMania. So the lights went out. And we heard Bray Wyatt's music. He showed up behind L.A. Knight with a lantern, which spooked L.A. Knight, who started to back up towards the ring again. He backtracked. Wyatt began to slowly walk towards him. Uh, this, I have to tell you, this had an incredible, to me anyway, an incredible lack of heat. You've got The Undertaker out there. You've got Bray Wyatt, who, when he does his big entrance and everything, he's he's still over. You know, most weeks he comes out and the fans are into it. This crowd was very, very quiet for this. Like, shockingly so. So Knight got into the ring. He got goozled by The Undertaker. He grabbed him like he was going to give him a choke slam. Bray Wyatt got into the ring. And Undertaker, instead of choke slamming him, he gave L.A. Knight to Bray Wyatt. And Bray Wyatt gave him a quick kiss on the head, dropped him with Sister Abigail. Undertaker and Bray, they then stared each other down. We got a little stare down here. Again, very quiet 
in the building, but they had a little stare down. Undertaker got close to him, and he whispered something into his ear. Undertaker whispered something into Bray Wyatt's ear. Uh, and I know it was hard for a lot of people to hear it, but I can tell you right now, I know exactly what he told him. And Undertaker told uh, Bray Wyatt, he goes, you know, Geico has motorcycle insurance. And I just saved 15%. And he looked pretty happy with himself. And Undertaker walked off. And Bray Wyatt just kind of stood there, probably thinking to himself, hey, I should probably buy a fucking motorcycle. So they queued up Kid Rock again, and Undertaker left on his bike. Uh, it was a cool moment. It was a cool moment to see Undertaker and Bray Wyatt uh, in the ring together. It was cool to see the American Badass back, if only for one night. Uh, but, again, not just for him to share the ring with Bray Wyatt, but to give him the spotlight and to say, you know what, this isn't about me chokeslamming this guy and, and killing some guy here on the main roster. You're the one. You're the star. You're the one who has the match with him on Saturday. Here you go. You hit your move. This is not about me hitting my move. This was a proper use of a legend in a situation like this, on a show like this. Uh, and look, I'm sure it was cool for LA Knight to have the chance to work a, a segment like this with The Undertaker when only a few months ago he was a fucking modeling agency fucking head or whatever he was, modeling agency CEO on television. Hey, uh, King, I see you. King H-O-U just dropped a $50 super chat live on the stream. Been listening since 2010, he says. Or she. But it's a king, so I assume, you know, it's a he. Uh, keep up the good work. Thank you, brother. Thank you for the 50. I appreciate it. So, uh, yeah, the, the thing that struck me about this segment, though, was how shockingly quiet. Uh, I don't know if it was a matter of people... Who if they were just too busy trying to get a good shot recording on their fucking phone or, or what it was. All I know is that they had a packed house, maybe sold out, 16,000 plus in Philadelphia tonight. And I'm sitting here thinking, my God, like, you know, you got, you got 16,000 people in this building with The Undertaker and Bray Wyatt in the ring going face to face. Like, make some fucking noise. Like, what's going on here? Uh, but I enjoyed this. I thought this was a fun segment. We go backstage. To the poker game, at one table we had Corbin, Chad Gable, Otis, DDP, and Medusa, who had the women's title on the table that she threw in the garbage on Nitro many years ago. And she thought that she won the hand, and then DDP said, no, I have a better hand, and he went bang, and that was it. So again, they all they all got their, they all got their uh, little quick cameos here on this show. Stephanie is still a sweet hey, Stephanie. Hey, look, I'm not, I'm not knocking Stephanie. I'm just saying, you know, back then during that period, you know, she was, she used to come out with the ECW beret. Remember the, the beret she used to wear in her head and, you know, when she became the general manager of SmackDown and all that. So I'm, I'm giving her, I'm giving her credit, man. So they lowered the cage ominously, which was probably a telltale sign. This was this was definitely an ominous uh, part of the show here because this was the beginning of the second hour. Or as I like to say, this was the beginning of the end of my overall enjoyment of the show. We were supposed to get a cage match between Becky Lynch and Bailey. As Becky was going to enter the cage, Dakota Kai and Io Sky ran down. So Becky went to go fight them off. She was outnumbered. 
They ran her into the barricade. They ran her into the side of the cage. Dakota had the chain from the cage door wrapped around her fist. She punched Becky in the gut. Damage control brought Becky into the cage. And Dakota locked the door behind her. So Adam Pierce comes running down to the ring. And he is screaming at damage control, trying to get them to stop. They're ignoring him while they continue to lay a beatdown inside the cage on Becky Lynch. Pierce got a bolt cutter. He clipped the lock. And then the three members of damage control climbed three different sides to the top of the cage. Bailey sat there. She had her T-shirt. She was holding it out. She threw it down at Becky in the ring. And that was it. We never actually got a cage match tonight. That was all that we got here. This was fucking lame. And according to Fightful, the reason that it went down the way that it did is because of the opening segment with the bloodline. Apparently it went a lot longer than was originally intended. And because of that, for Fightful, several segments had to be trimmed on this show. None more so than this. This this segment here was the sacrificial lamb. Becky Lynch and Bailey uh, drew the short straw on the show here tonight. Uh, and apparently, according to Fightful, they had two choices. They either do an angle to set up the eventual match between these two, or they do a very quick one- or two-minute match. So they opted to not do a quick one- or two-minute match. Uh, having now watched the entire show, they could have easily cut that Bianca Belair match with Sonya Deville, which was a, you know, fucking boring Uh, And they could have given that time to the cage match, but hindsight is what it is. We had Degeneration X out to the ring for yet another reunion. I've lost count of how many DX reunions that we've gotten. It was one of these situations where you look at the people who came out and you say, one of these doesn't really fit. We had Triple H. We had Shawn Michaels. We had X-Pac, we had Road Dog, and we had Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle was a part of the Shield once upon a time, and tonight Kurt Angle became an honorary member of DX. So he has now been a part of uh, many different legendary factions in this company. Road Dog launched into his shtick, and when he got to the part where he mentions the badass Billy Gunn, He looked over at Kurt Angle. He got stopped in his tracks, and he said, Kurt? As if he only first realized that Kurt Angle was out there with them. And they were all confused about why Kurt was out there. And Kurt said that he always wanted to be part of DX. And he pulled off his shirt to reveal a DX shirt underneath. So Shawn Michaels said that if he wanted to be part of DX, first he had to pass the test. And Triple H asked him, Are you ready? And Kurt said, is that the test? Triple H said, never mind. And he continued on with his spiel until he was interrupted by Imperium's music. And out came the Intercontinental Champion. We had Walter. We had Kaiser. We had Vinci. Made their way to the ring. And we got DX on one side of the ring. And we had Imperium on the other side of the ring. Walter called them a bunch of degenerates for making a mockery of this great sport. He said they're here to restore the honor to this precious sport and to kick them out of their ring. Unless any one of them is going to do something about it. Triple H went nose to nose with Walter. And then he backed away and said, I'm retired. 
And the crowd chanted for HBK. And Shawn Michaels said, I'm too old. So then X-Pac said, I've got a really bad case of the shin splints. Road Dog said, ah, who am I kidding? I'm not going to fight him. And Triple H called the Road Dog Butterbean and told him to go wait over there, and I laughed. I laughed because Road Dog, he's been hitting the kibbles and bits a little, a little hard these days. So they all huddled together, and then they looked at Kurt, and Triple H said, well, Kurt said he'll fight you. Kurt's like, no, I didn't. He goes, nope, nope, no, I won't. And Triple H said, you know, we're in a we're in a bit of a jam here. He said, we're in a bit of a jam. I wish there was somebody willing to come out and fight these guys. So cue Seth Rollins. And out he comes. And Sean Waltman said, wait, there's there's only one of him. But there's three of them. And wouldn't you know, out came the Street Profits, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins to... Even the odds. Triple H said, you know, this booking stuff isn't easy, you know. Said, it's not like you can just book things on the fly and everybody knows what you want. If only there was someone who could come out here and make sense of the situation. And my heart skipped a beat. My heart skipped a beat. I was waiting for it. I was waiting. I could hear it in my, I could hear it in my head. I could hear it in my head. No chance. That's what you got. And I'm like... No, no, but instead, it was Teddy Long. Thank God. Thankfully, we got Teddy Long. Teddy Long came out to block everybody in the ring on Twitter, and he told them, uh, no, he said, uh, hold on, player. He said, I've got the perfect idea. He goes, Imperium, tonight you're going to go one-on-one with The Undertaker. No, he didn't say that either. Well, that was a missed opportunity, actually, with The Undertaker being there. He could have said that, but... He said, tonight, Imperium, you're going to face the Street Profits, and you're going to face Seth Rollins in a six-man tag team match. Shawn Michaels then said that we're going to need somebody who can keep all this chaos under control. And Kurt Angle said, hey, guys. And they were like, Kurt, just, you know, we're trying to figure this out. Kurt, he goes, guys, he goes, I got an idea. And he pulled off his DX shirt to reveal a red, white, and blue striped referee shirt underneath. So we got ourselves a special referee. Well, you know, hey, at least they didn't bury Imperium the way that they buried FTR at Raw 25 at the Manhattan Center. So after a break, Jerry Lawler joined uh, Kevin Patrick and Corey Graves on commentary. He said he was wearing the same outfit. He had his old King outfit in the crowd. He said he was wearing the same outfit that he wore on his very first night on Monday Night Raw. And Lawler was wondering where Michael Cole was, which was probably a shoot because there ain't no fucking way he watches this show every week. He couldn't pronounce uh, Gunther's name either. He called him Gunthar. <laughs> That's what he called him. That's what he called him. He called him Gunthar, which is what I think I might call him that from now on. Lawler also joked with Corey Graves. They were making fun of... Uh, Kevin Patrick, and they said, do you think this Kevin guy is going to make it to Raw 31? And they all laughed, and I laughed too. No, he won't. So Ford and Dawkins, they put Vinci and Kaiser in dueling ankle locks, much to the delight of Kurt Angle. Uh, Gunthar then boot... (laughs) I can't even say that with a straight face. Oh, Jerry Lawler. 
Can you picture Jerry? Can you picture Jerry Lawler at home? He's like writing notes feverishly in preparation, doing his research for the shows. Give me a fucking break. He doesn't watch any of this shit. He shows up and he's like, "What do you want me to say?" He's gonna be doing. He's gonna be on the kickoff panel for the Rumble in San Antonio on Saturday. You think he knows about any any of this shit? So anyway, uh, Gunthar booted the. <laughs> oh man, he booted them and he got in Kurt's face. So we had a little we had a little uh, face off. I'm just gonna call him. I'm gonna call him Walter. Otherwise, I'll never get through it. So. Walter and Kurt had a face-off, and he kind of put his finger in Kurt's chest. Kurt gave him a little shove. He hit Rollins with a powerbomb and a stack pin. So Rollins came back with an angle slam. Rollins then hit a superplex to Kaiser, and then he assisted with the Street Profits in a double-team blockbuster. And Montez Ford was on the top rope, and he gave him a crotch shot. As he came off with the blockbuster and the crowd actually popped for that, Rollins gave uh, Walter a pedigree and uh, he then rolled to the apron. Smart enough, smart enough to roll to the apron. Dawkins gave Vinci a spine buster, Ford hit a giant frog splash. (laughs) And Rollins hit a curb stomp for the win. So the good guys, they win the match. They're celebrating. Kurt, you know what? I got to tell you. Kurt was moving around pretty good. For a guy who had a double knee replacement last year, he had to get up and down, right? I mean, Kurt was on SmackDown a few weeks ago. When you're a referee, you got to get up, you got to get down, you're bending your knees. He had a double knee replacement last year. They tell people when you get a knee replacement, don't get them both at the same time. It's painful. It's kind of a lengthy recovery. Kurt was like, "I'm fuck it, I'm going to get them both at the same time. Let's just knock them out. They looked pretty good. He was moving around pretty good out there. It's always good to see Kurt. It's good to see Kurt in a good place doing well. Kurt Angle is one of those guys who is on the path to destruction. There's no other way to say it. Kurt Angle should not be here right now. The amount of pills he was on, the way he was drinking, right? Remember, he was getting arrested every other week for DUI and DWI. He was going down a very bad path. And I'm sure he's in pain and, you know, his arms are atrophying and everything, but he seems to be doing very well. And he's one of those cases where it's like, you know, thank God. I didn't want to wake up one day and read that Kurt Angle was found dead somewhere. So uh, to see him doing well, I- I'm always uh, very happy. It-, it-, it makes me, it makes me happy just to know that he's in a better place than he used to be. In. And by the way, in this match, we got a uh, limited dose of uh, Rollins and uh, Walter, which is a match that I wouldn't mind seeing one day. From what little we saw of it here in the ring on this show, I would <laughs> I would not mind seeing that again. So we go back to the poker game. I said we have one long extended night of poker games here on this show. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So we go back to the poker game, and uh, Corbin got four aces. And the million-dollar man slammed his hand down in anger, and he walked off. But... IRS showed up, and he told them, don't forget to pay your taxes. And he opened his briefcase, 
And he put all the money, all except one single $100 bill that he allowed Baron Corbin to hold on to. And Ted DiBiase came back. He had the million-dollar belt over his shoulder. And he said, everybody's got a price. And he cackled. Ron Simmons came over and he said, damn. I, I have to say, the funniest IRS cameo that I have ever seen on this show. And there have been a bunch of them over the years. There was a, a battle royal. I actually think it was the 15th anniversary of Raw, where there was a battle royal, Legends Battle Royal, and IRS won. And then DiBiase came down. And DiBiase opened a briefcase, or he, I think he had a briefcase full of money. He gave IRS the money, and IRS then eliminated himself to give DiBiase the win. I always thought that was kind of an amusing cameo. But the best IRS cameo was when Bob Barker guest-hosted Monday Night Raw. This is back during the celebrity guest-host era, which largely sucked. Uh, Bob Barker was the best celebrity guest-host they ever had. Uh, And they were playing a uh, pricing game. It was the one where Chris Jericho came out. He had his name tag on his uh, his peck. And uh, IRS just asked Bob, he's like, "What, what do you bid on this DVD? And IRS goes, Bob, does that bid include taxes? And Bob, like in the most exasperated way, Bob Barker's like, does that include taxes? Just the way he said it, I just started cracking up. You know, Bob Bob was great that night. And they had a little uh, image, a still image of him on the show tonight. Uh, Bob was great. He just got it. Like, he just, he got it. He understood it. But he's also somebody who spent over 50 years on television. So, I mean, he gets it. Like, he knows how to perform. And of all the things they did during that guest hosting era, uh, his appearance that night, Price is Raw, uh, was my favorite of all those. So Kathy Kelly interviewed Bobby Lashley backstage about his U.S. title match later on with Austin Theory, which we were told was now no disqualification. Uh, is Bob Barker still alive? The answer is yes. I believe he either just turned or is about to turn 99 years old. So yes, Bob Barker, believe it or not, is still alive. So Lashley name-dropped Brock Lesnar. And as soon as he mentioned the name Brock Lesnar, I thought, angle alert, angle alert. So he said that uh, I took care of Brock already. And he goes, I'm gonna t- I took care of my little suspension. And tonight I'm going to take care of Austin Theory. And I'm going to win back my United States Championship. MVP showed up. And he wanted to talk to Bobby Lashley. And he said, look, I got no doubt you're going to win tonight. And then we can go out and celebrate. Lashley said, look, I don't need your help. I didn't need your help from you or Omos last week. And he wanted to handle his business on his own tonight. And he walked off. And MVP said, all right, you go out and you take care of your business. Ric Flair was out next. He said, diamonds are forever, and so is Monday Night Raw. WWE has given him so much, but the greatest gift they've ever given him is the chance to watch his daughter exceed all of his goals. And he said that he is so honored as a father and as a wrestler and as a man to be here tonight to introduce you to a very special guest. But first... Fuck Eric Bischoff. No. 
Now, he didn't say that, but he said, the greatest women's champion in the history of W or the greatest woman champion, he said, in the history of WWE, Charlotte Flair. So we got the SmackDown Women's Champion on Monday Night Raw tonight. So Charlotte came out, and uh, I did think maybe for a second there, because, you know, we've been getting all these vignettes on TV. I thought maybe he was going to introduce us to uh, Lacey Evans. Maybe he would introduce us to his uh, love child. I was like, whatever happened with that? I guess it got dropped. Kind of like the person who came up with that angle in the first place when they got dropped on their head as a child. So Charlotte came out. She hugged her dad on the way to the ring. Came to the ring and she said that Raw is the place where they revolutionize women's wrestling. She said that she may be the SmackDown Women's Champion, but Monday Night Raw will always be her home. That brought out the Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair. And Bianca came out. She gave Charlotte her props. She said, though, that I go here now. And it's her job to make sure that Raw is the greatest show on television. Well, in that case, Bianca, you have failed. So Sonya Deville interrupted. She asked Charlotte if it was worth it to fly Daddy all the way here tonight on this show to introduce her on a show that she doesn't even belong on. And she's got a point. And she questioned Bianca, thinking that people actually watch the show to see her. She reminded the two of them that she used to be the one running the show. She was the raw general manager, she said, for over a year. So where's my recognition? Charlotte said that she owes Sonya for the cheap shot that she gave her on Friday, and she suggested that Bianca go and take care of Sonya. Bianca liked that idea, and during the break, the match was made official. Well, that was certainly a segment. Not a very good one, but that was certainly a segment. And that gave us Bianca Belair one-on-one against Sonya Deville. They wrestled two crickets. Cricket Wireless should have been the sponsor for this match. Uh, Bianca tried her best. She was trying to get the crowd into it. They just they just were, were having none of it. So after a break, she hit the KOD. She pinned Sonya. Bianca got on the mic, and she said that, I didn't forget about you, Alexa Bliss. She said that uh, not her and not Uncle Howdy uh, is going to stop her from being announced as still the Raw Women's Champion at the Royal Rumble. So then we had Alexa popped up on screen. And she was sitting down in the back, you know, like she was in her dressing room or whatever, you know, when you're looking into the mirror. She was looking into the mirror, but looking at us. She was looking at the reflection of the camera in the mirror. And she said, Let me talk to you. No, that was L.A. Knight. She said, let me remind you again. She goes, I am your only obstacle. And she said that she doesn't need Bray Wyatt. She doesn't need Uncle Howdy to tear her face open with her bare hands. But she will spare her eyes so that she can watch her walk out of Royal Rumble with the Raw Women's Championship. I like that line. I like that line about how I will I will spare your eyes so that you can watch me beat you and walk out of the Rumble with the championship. So I like that line. Uh, I think the idea of that happening is uh, ridiculous. But it would be ridiculous to take the title off Bianca this close to WrestleMania anyway. So that's my thoughts on that. I thought it was a, it was a clever line. It was a clever line. 
We got another very good Cody Rhodes music video. In the video, he mentioned that being in the ring is like oxygen, and he said he really needs to breathe again. So he's back in the Royal Rumble match this Saturday. He said uh, he is back to finish the story. That is the goal. I am back to finish the story. And that he will. John Cena was officially announced as the cover boy for WWE 2K23. And uh, we have an image of him on the screen. There he is. There is uh, John Cena. He is the showcase mode for the new game. And uh, you can get Bad Bunny as a pre-order bonus. How's that to sweeten the pie? You want to play as Bad Bunny? I hear that he uses a carrot as a weapon in the game. It's like a power-up for him also. Like if he starts chewing on it, it that's how he refills his uh, energy bar. So yeah, if you want to uh, play as Bad Bunny, he is the pre-order bonus for 2K23. So it was... What, what do you mean you couldn't see him? You couldn't see him. He was right there. He was on the screen. I don't know what you're talking about. Must have been a glitch on your end. So it was 10.30 at night. And The Miz was in the ring bitching about this being the 30th anniversary show. And he had not yet been featured. He says, I deserve a Raw 30 moment. And he got it. Kevin Owens snuck up behind him and dropped him with a stunner. You know, I, I, a thought did occur to me that if Stone Cold did not just come back last year for one match, and he is coming back again at the Rumble, or if not the Rumble, if he's going to have a match at WrestleMania, like if Austin's going to be back from time to time, I don't, you know, probably better for Kevin Owens to just stop using the stunner. There will always only be one man who should use the stunner. His name is Stone Cold Steve. I know Austin gave him his blessing and everything, but Austin wasn't wrestling at the time. It just doesn't feel right to me if Austin is still going to be wrestling that there's somebody else using his move. But Owens, uh, he still had his Jay Briscoe uh, armband on from Friday. He called out Roman Reigns. He said, you might have said Sami Zayn is not guilty, but let me tell you what you're guilty of. You're guilty of holding the championship hostage for over two years. And on Saturday night at the Royal Rumble, I give you and everybody in this building and everybody at home my word. I will do everything in my power, everything I can to change that, to give everybody a champion that they can be proud of. This Saturday, I'm taking that title from you, or I'm going to die trying. And Miz got back up, so Owens gave him a second stunner. And I was paying very close attention to what he was saying, because when you have a babyface go out there and, and guarantee victory, you need to deliver on that guarantee. He didn't guarantee that he was going <laughs> to... Oh, Joey. Joey Wagner. Joey Wagner with the $18 Bane Super Chat. That's what Bane sounded like in The Dark Knight Rises. So... He did not guarantee that he's winning the championship. He said he's going to do everything in his power or he'll die trying. But he stopped short of guaranteeing victory. So I think that's very important. You never want to send your baby face out there to guarantee a win. And then he goes in there and he loses. He didn't do that. Words matter. So the main event was Austin Theory defending his United States championship against Bobby Lashley. It was no disqualification. 
Theory made his entrance. They went to commercial. They came back. Bobby Lashley made his entrance. 60 seconds later, they went to commercial. This is the downside of, of getting a commercial-free hour of Raw. They just backload all the ads. It's not like you don't get them. Oh, you get them. But you end up in a situation where every 90 seconds, you get the picture-in-picture, picture or you know they go to a commercial break. And in the middle of the main event especially, you know to go to the break two, three times, it just, it just kills the match. So Theory had control coming out of the break, one of them. Lashley got something in his eye, so Theory uh, had control. He grabbed the chair. He hit Lashley in the back with it because it's no disqualification. Then he wedged the chair in between the turnbuckles. Lashley knocked him to the floor. When Lashley went out after him, though, Theory tripped him on the apron. And then he pulled out a table from under the ring. And to give you a sense of how this crowd came across tonight on TV... Because it really it wasn't just one segment. Uh, and Philadelphia usually is one of the better wrestling crowds. You know, and this was a big episode of Raw. So you would expect a lot of big names on the show tonight. People packed buildings, 16,000 people. Uh, they would have like one of these West Coast AEW dynamite crowds, right? That are loud and energetic. In this spot, he pulled a table out from under the ring. And even the table didn't get a great reaction. It, it got a reaction, but it did not get the kind of reaction that the table, you, usually the table is like the biggest star on the entire show. Even the table got a subdued reaction on the show. I don't know if they were on sleeping pills or what was going on here. So Lashley sent Theory uh, into the chair that Theory himself had wedged in between the buckles. Lashley set the table up in the ring. When he went out after Theory, Theory crawled under the ring. When he got pulled back out, he sprayed Lashley in the face with a fire extinguisher. And remarkably, they went to another commercial. (laughs) I was just, what do you do? At that point, what do you do? What do you do? You just laugh, right? I'm looking at the clock. There's four minutes left in the show. Four minutes. So they go to commercial. They come back. There was a second table in the opposite corner of the ring. This one was propped up uh, vertically, up against the turnbuckles. Lashley got the hurt lock on. Theory, though, went low, took his leg and lifted it behind him. Lashley, though, came back with a spine buster through the table that was set up flat, you know, in the opposite corner. And then Brock Lesnar's music hits. Now, this was teased, because as soon as he mentioned Brock in the promo earlier, you should have figured, okay, Brock, Brock's probably going to be in the Rumble anyway. Uh, and the obvious direction for WrestleMania would be Lashley and Lesnar. So it should not have been a surprise to see Brock Lesnar come out in this spot. Brock Lesnar comes out, Cowboy Brock, who conveniently had his pyro, by the way. He did the whole, like, boom, and the pyro goes off. Man, it's funny how that works. It's almost like they knew. So the pyro goes off. He got in the ring. He gave Lashley an F5. He picked up Theory. He gave Theory an F5 onto Bobby Lashley. And the referee counted three. Theory retains the United States Championship. Up went the copyright box. And before the announcers could even finish their thought, they cut the show off and they went to the very next show, which was the season finale. They may end up being the series finale. But it was the season finale of uh, Barfageddon or Barmageddon, whatever the fuck it is. It's a Nikki Bella show. So we got a rushed finish 
uh, to the end of this three-hour show. Uh, that third hour was a blur. The third hour was basically commercials with a little bit of wrestling sprinkled in. And I implore USA Network, please, don't do commercial-free hours anymore. If this is, if this is what's going to happen, then don't even bother doing it. I, I, don't, I don't even know what the point of it is. It just makes for a poor viewing experience when you're watching the main event and it's to the point of comedy almost. Uh, but Brock is back. Lesnar and Lashley 3 is the direction. The question is, do they do it at WrestleMania? Or do they give it to us at Elimination Chamber? All right, Brock and Bobby, I'm sure, will both be in the Royal Rumble. Bobby's already in. I can't imagine Brock is not in the Rumble on Saturday. Uh, can, they, can they hold off on a third match, though, until WrestleMania? They should, but there were reports of maybe, you know, Walter and Lesnar, and look, that would be a huge attraction too, but if I'm booking that show, I'm having Walter and Sheamus for the Intercontinental title. I stick to my guns on that. Sheamus should win the Intercontinental Championship from Walter at WrestleMania. You could always do Brock Lesnar and Walter some other time. You could do it at SummerSlam. That should be the WrestleMania match. Lesnar and Lashley Part 3 at WrestleMania with some kind of stipulation. Question now is, is this a good time for Bobby Lashley to reconsider MVP's offer? I think so. He could probably use some backup for his feud with Brock Lesnar. So keep an eye on that too because, you know, the Hurt Business has not yet been reformed, but they've been teasing it for the longest time now. It, should, it looks like it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. Uh, Overall, my thoughts on this show, I really enjoyed the first hour. Very fun, enjoyable first hour that just breezed by. Uh, and then once they hit the second hour and, you know, and, and the commercials and it was just a normal episode of Raw, uh, I didn't think it was that good. You know, it just, it was not nearly as fun. Uh, the DX thing was kind of entertaining. That came in the second hour, but that was about it. All the really good stuff came in hour one. To me, overall, that doesn't make a great show. Uh, but the objective also was to push the Royal Rumble because this was the go-home show. This was your final episode of Raw. I mean, there'll be, a, there'll be SmackDown on Friday, but this was the go-home Raw before one of the biggest pay-per-views of the year. And I thought they did a pretty decent job of, of promoting it uh, because with Roman and the Bloodline story, he has put Sami Zayn on notice. We don't know what that means. Sami's final test will be at the Royal Rumble. Kevin Owens came out later. He cut what I thought was a very good, intense promo, final promo, I assume, uh, on Roman Reigns. Although I believe Owens is wrestling uh, Solo Sokoa, I think, on Friday night. Uh, But this may have been his final promo before the big match. So there's really nothing more they could have done beyond what they did to really get me hyped up for Roman and KL. I'm hyped up enough for it. It's the best story going into Saturday night. Uh, We didn't get any inset promos from people like we've gotten in recent weeks on TV as far as people who are going to be in the Rumble match. They did that last week. Uh, Obviously, they're going to be saving a bunch of surprises, I'm sure. Uh, I don't think we got a lot of surprises last year, but I I would think Triple H has some, you know, probably more than a few uh, surprises lined up for Saturday. Uh, Bianca and Alexa, you know, they had the one segment, uh, the pitch black thing. I mean, you know, we had the segment with them. I, I don't know that that was uh, a great way necessarily to promote the match. But 
you know, they got enough mentions out there about the Rumble. You know, it's tough because tonight was about the legends and it was about 30 years of Raw, but you've got to balance the two out. You've got a big pay-per-view to promote for Saturday night. So I thought they did a decent job of that. Uh, but on the whole, a very mixed bag. First hour, though, was a lot of fun. Let's see what you guys thought. Uh, about 67% thumbs up for Raw is 30. 21% thumbs in the middle. And 11.6% thumbs down. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, Metal Rules 5. We kick things off with Metal Rules. Uh, thank you for the 20 bucks, brother. As an expert lip reader, Undertaker whispered to Bray and I quote, This guy's soft. He has 90s boy bands on his iPods, main playlist, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, and 98 Degrees. <laughs> Joshua Baker, a.k.a. Solomon. You got me. You got me. That's my alias. Uh, Justin Jack. Who should LA Knight face in his first WrestleMania? How about Stone Cold Steve Austin? How about that? Uh, Peter Quartieri with the forty nine ninety nine from before we even went live tonight. Peter, thank you. Says was very underwhelming this episode of Raw. Good evening, all. Yeah, Ray, I agree. I you know entering a hundred times and still not winning. I I think I would uh, bash my head against the wall. Uh, Justin. Justin coming in with the two bucks here. Hulk Hogan is a soul sucking vampire. Is that his new gimmick? Dr. Dakota Scorpio. Raw 30 tonight made me not look forward to my own 30th this November. Oh, please. You are you are but a baby. Sam Dankman Weed with the five. Was Raw 30 sponsored by the Banger Bros and Brazzers? By the way, by the way, that reminds me when Brazzers wished me a happy birthday on Twitter that time with a Ric Flair 1992 Royal Rumble meme. Yeah, the good old days. Uh, by the way, he says, has Dominic taken a trip to Cobb County, Georgia? P.S. Opening segment was great. Yes, the opening segment was the best part of the entire show. Uh, Uffman Entertainment, if you were lucky enough to live through the Attitude Era, consider yourself very lucky. Well, then I must be very lucky. I lived through the Golden Era. Attitude Era, the Ruthless Aggression Era. What would we call this era? 
We have to come up with a name. We can't call it the PG era. It's not the reality era. We got to come up with a new name for this era. Uh, Devin from NJ with the 499. Austin is the king of pops, no doubt. But I would say Undertaker in the last several years would be number two. What are your thoughts? You're just talking about the last few years, then yeah, I mean, okay. But if we're talking ever, no, <laughs> not even close. Uh, Nick Grosso uh, with the 1999. I thought tonight was decent. The bad segments were the women. And what's your reaction to the rumored Steve Austin Roman Reigns match? We already covered that at the beginning of the, of the uh, show. Uh, also, did you see the pick of Jay Briscoe's daughters? I did. I did. It was very, very sad. But um, I'm glad to hear they are doing better. But yeah, that photo was that photo was brutal. Uh, Devin says buy, rent, and sell on biker Undertaker themes. Well, I mean, American Badass has got to be number one. But um, you're gonna pay is a pretty good theme too. That was that was big evil. I'd put that second place. Uh, Dev to Dust, buy or sell, better Raw tag team match. Sean and Austin against Owen and Bulldog, or Austin and Triple H against Jericho and Benoit? Uh, Austin and Triple H against Jericho and Benoit. That was a great match. One of the best matches in Raw history. Captain Eric. <laughs> the NDA era. The Undisputed era. Now, the NDA era has basically been this entire era of WWE. We just didn't know it. Captain Eric says, here's the 30 years of Raw. Solo Monster, I cannot thank you enough for being a lighthouse through some dark nights. And I know I am not alone there. There's many of us out there. Blessed that you cover the wrestling, uh, or cover wrestling the way that you do. Well, I'm very happy that you feel that way. Thank you. And uh, I hope that you were sports entertained with this review here tonight. Winter's Paul with the $10 Super Chat. Congrats, Triple H. You somehow made the women's division feel even less significant than Vince did. A random six-man tag with no consequences can make the cut, but an advertised steel cage match gets canned. What BS. Yeah, they, they should have made better choices uh, when it came to that. Uh, Justin... When someone jobs to Roman Reigns, a curse is born. Nitty gritty. Hogan's arms look like fried chicken tenders and Road Dog look like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man from Ghostbusters. Well, Triple H did call him Butterbean. Nash DTV. I'll be at the Rumble on Saturday hoping for a Cody win. I think you're in pretty good shape. I would say that uh, things are looking up. If you are expecting a Cody win, I, I think you're going to get it. Captain Eric, someone on commentary said that during the Judgment Day's entrance that Dominic mentioned earlier to them that if they win, he'll break out the good Pruno. I would like to sit here and claim I know what that means. I'm sure it's something lewd. Break out the good Pruno. You need some good Pruno. Uh, king, dropping that $50 Super Chat, man. You are the king. Been listening since 2010. Keep up the good work. Hey, King, thank you. You dropped your crown. Here you go. 
give it back to you. Hey, Ultra Beast Boys, just subscribe to the channel. Get your ass in here. You're late. Pull up a chair. We got a seat right at the table for you. Not at the head of the table. That's me. I'm at the head of the table. I am the head of the table. Acknowledge me. Or Wizzle 24. Solomonster is WrestleMania 17. Indeed, the best WrestleMania of all time. Uh, top to bottom, yeah. I mean, it's hard to top. It's hard to beat that. Juan Sanchez, do you think LA Knight's yeah is going to be the new what? And that would be LA Knight's legacy. No, I don't think it'll be the what. I mean, it's always possible, but I hope not. I don't think so. You say that like it's going to wipe out the what chant. The what chant is never going to go away. It's been 20 years. If it's not gone by now, it's never going away. All the more reason for LA Knight to go in there and beat the fuck out of Steve Austin for uh, giving us the what chant. Or Wizzle. I think the fans of today's generation lack energy because they're too busy trying to record on their phones and not live in the moment. Oh, Pruno is prison wine, usually made in a toilet. Oh, well, we definitely don't need that. That's sick. Yeah, you know what I miss? Flashbulbs. You don't really have them anymore. Right? Everyone's got their, their smartphones. Nobody brings actual cameras to the shows anymore. I used to have my crappy disposable cameras. You don't, you don't see the camera flash like you used to. Right? That would make the moment feel like a big momentous thing. You don't really have that anymore. So, of all the things that like I missed, that's on the list. I miss the flashbulbs for those big moments. You know, the big, the big spot, the big finish, the big face-off. Uh, NWO Matt says, <laughs> "Go Goon Gun." How do you say? Did he say Goonthar? He's a Goonthar, right? Yeah, go Goonthar. Hey, hey, Matt. Thank you for the ten bucks. Uh, no, Be the Booker did not happen yet. I don't even know if we've hit our goal. I haven't even checked. My goodness. The goal tonight was 450 likes for uh, Be the Booker. And we... Oh, we smashed it. Look at that. I love it. I love it. Can we hit 600? Can we hit 600 likes? I don't know. I don't know if you guys have it in you. You're a good bunch. Yeah, we have a different bunch every single week on these streams. You guys are good. But uh, 600 would be would be great. Like, I'm just saying. Uh, Hulkling 93. Solomonster's laughing reminds me of the time when he was doing his taxes during a phone call. That's why I don't take calls anymore. Uh, Aunt McCall with the $20 super chats. James says, uh, I'm, you're so right. I miss flashing in the, well, I don't miss, no, I mean, I, I don't miss that kind of flashing. I'm talking about the camera fly. I don't know what kind of flashing you're talking about. We definitely don't need that. Have you seen these wrestling crowds? We don't need flashing. Uh, Aunt McCall, though, two things. Maybe it's something, maybe it's nothing. Notice that Sammy was given the blue tag team. T I did notice that. I did notice that. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up. When the match was over, and he and Jay won, Jay had both of the Raw Tag Team titles, which is what was defended tonight. Sammy had the SmackDown 
tag team belt. Uh, I don't know if he had both of them or just one of them. And he was kind of looking at it briefly. I did notice that. It's a good pickup. That's a good pickup. Uh, do we officially recognize Sammy as tag champion since he got the pin? No. No, that doesn't count. Our boy, Steve Mello, is in the chat. Says, Vince flashed me. He settled, though. All good. I was going to say, you better get that settlement money before the sale. Uh, Joey Wagner with the 1999. I found you on TV tracks when I was 13. I am now 23. And since I have a halfway decent job, I decided to pay you back in a small way. Uh, thank you for providing me with all my wrestling knowledge and entertainment over the years. Joey, thank you very much. I appreciate that. TV tracks is where a lot of people uh, picked up on the sound off for the first time. My show and a few other shows as well. And uh, wherever TV Tracks is now, I hope he's doing well. I hope he's retired on on, on the beach somewhere, sipping a coconut drink. One of those little uh, umbrellas in it. Dead man walking. It's Kevin Dunn. Look at that. You should put him on the cover of 2K. In showcase mode, could just be uh, shaky cam. Everything, you know, sh- everything shakes. Tomas with the four ninety nine. I will never go to another WWE show again. I gave up on WWE six years ago and was roped into going to this event. Having now gone, I was right to quit. So Tomas was in Philadelphia tonight, and he did not like the show. He didn't say why though. Tomas. He didn't say why. Anderson Blitz, Raw 30 was a fun show to be at live. See, so two very different accounts. One person hated it, the other person loved it. Tomas again, this is why AEW is a necessity in wrestling, period. Uh, Tyrone Dunstan, thank you for the five. Tyrone. Slim Yoshi. $5 $5 Super Chat. Walter against Prime Kurt Angle would have been one hell of a... Oh, that would have been fucking amazing. Are you kidding me? Walter and Prime Kurt? How about Walter and Prime Brock? You know, Bro- Brock's still a beast. Don't get me wrong. But Brock, when he first debuted in 2002, just fucking traps for days. Just a freakish athlete. Hey, Luis. Thank you for the sub. Uh, that version of Brock, like Young Brock, especially when he would do more than just suplex. Young Brock against uh, Walter would, would have been an amazing match, too. Hey, Austin Tucker, thank you for the compliment, man. I appreciate that. Uh, King Bling Blah, we need this promo. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, God. You know, you're right. forgot about that. Maybe we shouldn't get that match on second thought. See, I here I thought that we could get some good promo work from them, but you're probably right. It would just be a bunch of yeah and what back and forth. It would be insufferable. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Jamie Dorsch with the $10 Super Chat. The better first blood match, Austin against Kane or Austin against The Undertaker? Uh, Austin against The Undertaker. I actually think that's the best match those two ever had, even better than their SummerSlam match. The one where uh, Austin got knocked out. Fully loaded 99. First blood match. 
Undertaker and Austin. It's a great match. Uh, MLK, five bucks. Who do you predict to be this year's men's and women's uh, Money in the Bank winners? Um, too early, too early to say for sure. I mean, you would have asked me that question a few months ago, and I had to spit out an early prediction. I might have gone honestly. I might have gone Montez Ford on the men's side. Not that I think he would have won the world title or anything, but just I, I see a singles push in his future. And if you want to use the Money in the Bank briefcase as a vehicle to... And, and they don't always do this. Sometimes a, a top star wins the briefcase. We've seen Brock Lesnar win the briefcase. We've seen John Cena win the briefcase. And Seth Rollins win the briefcase. But... Um, you could also use it as a way to get over a, a newer star. But now, you know, I don't know. I don't know what their plans are for the Street Profits. If they're going to break them up, if they're going to go their separate ways anytime soon. Uh, so I'm a little less sure of that now. Uh, on the men's side, though, money in the bank. A lot of it depends on who gets called up after WrestleMania from NXT. I don't know. I'm not ready to make an early prediction. I'm not ready to make an early prediction. If you want to know who who my pick would be, not that I think he'll necessarily get the nod, but we're just talking about LA Knight, right? I think LA Knight would be a hell of a choice to uh, win the briefcase. On the women's side, well, let's see. On the women's side, man, you know, Ronda, Ronda Rousey is gone right now. I don't know when she'll be back. Can you imagine them putting the briefcase back on Ronda so she can cash in and get revenge for what Liv Morgan did to her last year? That would be awful. I would go, I would go night, though, on the men's side. The women's side, I'm not sure of. Uh, Amiibo Juice. Hashtag WWE Women Deserve Better is trending. Uh, Richie. With a $5 Super Chat. What was your reaction when The Rock threw Stone Cold over the bridge? I said, cool. That was my reaction. Derek Jones, if Theory and Cena is at WrestleMania, is the U.S. title defended? You're assuming that Theory will be the U.S. champion at WrestleMania. I'm not sure he will. Uh, But if he is... Then I. Hmm. It's tough. It goes to who who goes over in that match. It should be Theory. I mean, the- Theory should win. If that's the WrestleMania match, I think Theory should win. I say yes. If Theory is the champion of WrestleMania, I say you put the title on the line. You can tease John Cena winning the U.S. title again, and he had that open challenge last time. He could do a promo and say, I'm going to bring back the open challenge. And then I would have Theory beat him. Like, don't don't half-ass it. Don't pussyfoot it. Like, if you're going to make a new star, you're going to put this kid over. And they've been doing a very strong job of that lately. Right? He headlined tonight. And go all the way with it. Cena, can, he can absorb a loss. It's fine. Uh, Hunter Peckham. Hunter Peckham. Reigns has taken Hogan's spot on WWE's Mount Rushmore.
Bliss fan says money in the bank is too far. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's too far away. It's it's you got to wait until you get a little bit closer. We don't even know what the rosters are going to be, so it's hard to make a prediction that early. Uh, Ultra Beast Boys, did Charlotte come across kind of condescending to you tonight, or is it just me? The way she was smiling and talking to Bianca seemed heelish. This this goes to exactly what I've been saying. She is not a babyface. Her promos all come across as condescending. She's not a babyface. That's just how her promos naturally come across. So, yes, you're right. That's exactly how it felt. Tyrone Dunstan, I was at the show tonight. The crowd seemed lively in person, but looks like Corpus Christi on television. It does. Corpses Christi. It came across as Corpses Christi on TV tonight. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes you're in the building... And you go home and it's like, man, you know, they maybe they didn't mic the crowd right or I don't know. Um, I was disappointed, to be honest with you. I, I thought it came across very quiet tonight. Slim Yoshi with the $10 Super Chat. With the Becky and Bailey match not happening, it means the feud will be extended, which means Becky is not winning the Rumble, which means Rhea will win. This is how I win. This is how you win. Uh, I didn't think Becky was winning the Rumble. Why would Becky win the Rumble? Becky wins and, and does what? Challenges Charlotte on SmackDown? You think they want to work together? Like we haven't seen that match a thousand fucking times? So what are you going to do? Are you going to do Becky and Bianca again? Or or if Alexa were to win the title, Becky and Alexa? You're not going to do that at WrestleMania. So I, I didn't think Becky was winning regardless. I think she's going to win even less now. Uh, Aunt McCall. Coming out of left field here. Aunt McCall with a $52 Super Chat. Oh my. He had to get the, he had to get the two bucks in there. He had a top. Oh, there he is. There he is, everybody. You wanted him. Uncle Saudi is with us tonight on the Raw 30 review. There he is. You all wanted the Uncle Saudi super chat, and there he is. Making a cameo appearance. Uh, Aunt McCall says, I had to slip in one more. Why are wrestling promoters able to use a rollover option for injuries, but still pay the wrestler while on rehab from said injury? I'm not sure I understand the question. Uh, Why are they able to use a rollover option but still pay the wrestler while on rehab from said injury? Uh, I mean, they use the rollover option to keep them from leaving and going somewhere else. Let's say you have a contract that would expire next month uh, and you're out for six months with an injury and maybe you want to leave and go to AEW... WWE can say, hey, you missed six months. We're going to extend your contract by six months, and we're going to keep you here. So instead of February now, you want to leave, can't leave until the summer. But they always pay people. If they're out hurt, they get hurt in the ring. I mean, they don't stop paying them. You get paid if you are hurt and at home. Uh, but as far as why they extend the contract, I mean, that that's that's the reason why. Louis says, dream match, Guntar against Walter. 
book it. I like it. Uh, Wally Walls, Cody, Sammy, LA Knight, KO, Final Four for the Rumble. I don't, I don't see Owens being in the Rumble. Well, that's interesting, though. You're saying Sammy and KO in the Rumble. I don't know. I, I think whatever the angle is going to be in the championship match, I I don't know that I expect Owens to come back out. But yeah, you could, you could be right. You could be right. They, they go back and forth sometimes. If you're in the title match, uh, that person is not always in the Rumble. And then other years, sometimes they come back out and they're in the Rumble. Uh, Juan Ocampo by... Uh, Oh, by or what's that say? By? I assume that's buy or sell. Edge's Metalingus or Benoit's whatever. Uh, Metalingus. Thomas Rondon, fingers crossed for a de- for a descent rumble. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want the rumble to descend. I want the rumble to rise. I want a good rumble, not a bad rumble. Uh, Bryant Finley, I think Undertaker got mad at LA Knight asking him about the Sid Poop incident. And Rizzo with the $10 super chat. I think it's going to be telling where the Roman Owens match is on the Royal Rumble card on Saturday. If it's the main event, then I see the beatdown happening. If not, then I think you are right. It happens on SmackDown. I think that's a very good point. See, I, 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 I don't really like it when they do that. The Rumble is is the attraction. The Rumble, I always feel like the Rumble should be the main event. If the Rumble does not go on last, I think you're absolutely right. Because you you want to save a big moment like that to close out the show. So if the championship match goes on last, I would agree with you. But I still think the Rumble is going to go on last. I hope it does. A Shutterbug fan just dropped five bucks. After that first hour, the rest of the show felt like I took Zequil. Do they have something now called Z- I know NyQuil. They have Zequil. What's Zequil? Anyway, thank you guys for the uh, the super chat love. I appreciate it. That was fun. And uh, you did indeed smash the 600 likes goal here on the live stream. We are at 602. So thank you for that. And uh, my my gift to all of you here at 1.15 a.m. is to give you the gift of Be the Booker. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time to Be the Booker. It is indeed time to Be the Booker, a very special Raw 30 edition of Be the Booker, where we are going to book... Three matches here. We are going to try to book a card that you guys would be willing to pay money for. A premium live event. So uh, let's kick things off here with the men's Be The Booker. I know you've been waiting in great anticipation for this. Here we go. We begin with Tony Khan. Look at this. Tony Khan so happy. Tony Khan... Very interested in the WWE sale process. Looking potentially to be a buyer. Let's see who Tony Khan is. Uh, One thing we have not seen Tony Khan do so far is get in the ring and wrestle. This should be good. 
So many, so many options to land on here. It's going to be Tony Khan going one-on-one with Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Tony Khan and Hollywood Hogan. I said I was trying to book a match that people would want to pay money to see, not turn the TV off. What's going on here? All right, it's time to uh, book a women's match. I think it would be hard for me to book anything worse than what we got on the show tonight. Right? It would be impossible. We begin with Soraya. It looks like she just stepped on a thumbtack here in this photo. Soraya, now a heel in AEW. We go one-on-one. With Beulah McGillicuddy. (laughs) Oh, Beulah. Beulah, Beulah, Beulah. I still remember how Edge put uh, Beulah in that uh, pitting position at the second one-night stand show. I don't know why. After all these years, that, that image still stands out to me. Well, we are on our way to a another terrible edition of Be the Booker. We we have been on a horrible streak. I I feel like the Brett Maher of Be the Booker. So let's see what we do here. On the tag team side, we begin with Toxic Attraction. Gigi Dolan and JC Jane, the former NXT women's tag team champions. Not bad. Although uh, there aren't as many female choices here, so this this should be very interesting. Who their opponents end up being. (laughs) Wide left? Yeah, Brett Maher. Wide left. You know, they would have much much better luck having Bill Maher as their kicker than Brett Maher. But uh, but that's a different podcast. All right, it'll be Toxic Attraction taking on the killer bitch. Jesus Christ. The Killer Bees. Jumpin' Jim Brunzel and uh, B. Brian Blair against Toxic Attraction. I don't know. We went off the rails somewhere along the way here. We just went completely off the rails with B. the Booker. It has been almost impossibly bad over the last couple of weeks. I don't, I don't know what's going on. I just, I don't, I don't know. If I truly was booking, I would be out of business. The promotion would no longer be in business. Uh, Luis Belmont show walkthroughs with the two bucks. Zequil is the same thing as NyQuil. Well, then why the fuck is it called Zequil? Obviously, there's something different about it. If it was the same thing as NyQuil, it would be called NyQuil. I'm asking, what is the difference between NyQuil and Zequil other than the name? There's got to be some other difference. I, I still have not been told. Vince might have, uh, he might have started to book, be the booker. Well, I mean, you know, he's had a lot of free time on his hands. Rizzo with the $5 Super Chat says, fire solo. Yeah, I like Solo Sokoa. Don't don't talk about him like that. 
I can't get the Sheik's angry shoot interview out of my mind when I hear Brian Blair's name. Brian Blair, I fuck you, make you humble. Yeah, he doesn't like Brian Blair. Sheiky baby don't like Brian Blair. Hey, Yachiru, thank you, man. Have a good night. Pillow versus pillow. Why does the Iron Sheik hate Brian Blair? I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't like guys who wear yellow, right? He doesn't like Hulk Hogan either. He's he's talking shit about Hulk Hogan all the time. When when Hulk Hogan beat him in 84, Hogan was wearing yellow. Brian Blair dressed up like a bee. So I think there's some kind of connection here. Uh, Joey Wagner with the 499. I know Hogan is not going to lay down for that kid. Well, of course not. Well, the problem now is that with Hogan, if he lays down, he won't be able to get back up. So, uh, Richie just dropped a $5 super chat. If Tony Khan was in charge of WWE in 1997, Brett and Sean would fight each other every week in the locker room. Oh, I thought you said Brett and Sean would be doing, uh, you know, dives and uh, Orihara moonsaults onto each other every week. Yeah, they would be. They would be fighting in the back. It would be it would be nonstop. So Chris Chris gave me a logical answer based on the name. Z quills like multiple Z's. Z quill. Only purpose of Z quill is to put you to sleep. Nyquil is for when you are sick. See, that's a logical answer. I, I have no idea if that's correct, but that makes sense. Why would you take Zequel though, if you could just pop an Ambien? We need a Guntar super chat now. If I could, maybe, maybe I can clip that Lawler uh, audio. I have to go back and see. I just laugh, like, <laughs> as you can tell. Even when I was sitting here watching, and I just started laughing. Did I hear that right? The Guntar. What was that movie with Tom Hanks? The the the, the machine. It's like uh, not a fortune teller. The fuck is that thing called? Oh my god! It had like a it had, it had some kind of name like that. Like it made me it made me I heard Guntar. It makes me think about that. Why is the super chat fifty by fifty by default? Which one? I don't know what you're talking about. Which uh, which super chat? Oh Zoltan. There you go. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen Chap. That was driving me nuts. Zoltan. That's right. Guntar and Zoltan. Sounds like some mid-90s WWF tag team. That's right, yeah. It It was the movie Big with Tom Hanks. Coincidentally, if they ever did a movie about me, they would call it that too. Uh, Brian Finley, is there any uglier belt than the Divas belt? Yeah, it's called the 24-7 Championship. And it's in the garbage where it belongs. By the way, uh, boy, you know, Kevin Dunn has been popping up way too many times on my screen. I may I may have to excommunicate him. Not as good as the uh, Solomonster skull belt on the wall behind me. Shout out to Steve Mello for the design and Wrestle Rumble for the, uh, for the special delivery. Was it last year? Two years ago? I think I've had that belt two years now. 
I thought tonight was an appropriate night to get it back up on the wall behind me. I took down the winged eagle. Godfather does not like the actor who plays him on Young Rock. I did. I heard that. I thought it was just tongue in cheek. He was just being funny. But I saw. I saw the TikTok video that's going around. He was on some kind of podcast, and um, yeah, he was popping off on the actor that they got to play him in the Nation of Domination scenes on Young Rock because the guy is smaller than Rock, and he was like, "Dude, I'm bigger than Rock." And the actor he got to play me is actually smaller than the actor playing Rock on the show. <laughs> and he seemed he seemed offended by it. I'll tell you what, you know who deserves to be offended by their casting on Young Rock? The Undertaker. Holy shit. It's like they didn't even try. Uh, Joey Wagner. How many more times do you think Seth is going to attempt the Phoenix Splash without hitting it? Probably uh, at least five. And uh, Rizzo, I don't know if you saw this or the chat uh, cares, but Sean Ross Sapp says on Fightful, he believes it is 75% that Jay White goes to WWE. I kind of figured that was the case. Um, it was either, I mean, it's either WWE or AEW, but it sounds, it sounded like he was basically out the door of New Japan. And I, I talked about Jay White on the podcast a few weeks ago, and I said a lot of it boils down to uh, money. You know, not that AEW would pay him peanuts, but, you know, WWE can probably offer him a sweetheart deal, and, you know, it can be hard to turn that down. Uh, if he were to go to AEW, he would have the ability to still work New Japan sometimes if he wanted to. I don't know if that's important to him or not. Uh, but if he goes to WWE, I mean, look, more power to him. I, I can't say I would be surprised by that. And a Shutterbug fan says, sorry, it was a bad joke about uh, the last two hours made me, uh, I don't know. I don't know what you're saying there, but all is forgiven. We love Shutterbug. Oh, Z is it Zoltar? <laughs> okay, so it's not Zoltan, it's Zoltar. It's been so long since I've seen the movie, I just thought I took your word for it. Autocorrect, unfortunately, uh, struck. So instead of Zoltar, it said Zoltan. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe when Jerry Lawler was doing commentary tonight, his autocorrect and his brain kicked in. And instead of Gunther, he said Guntar. Maybe that's what happened. You know, when you get old, that kind of thing happens. Zoltan is Dude Where's My That's from Dude Where's My Car. Okay. Who would I want to play me in a movie one day? I see a resemblance to Adam Driver. I don't know. Play me in it. Why, why would they do a movie on me? Who would play me in a movie? Everyone says I, I uh, look like Brian Danielson without the facial hair. So I, you know what? Fuck it. Have Brian Danielson play me. Let's reverse the roles for a change. And Rizzo, have you ever heard of the story of the claustrophobic astronaut? It's okay. He just needed some space. You know what? I, I got to end this now. That's, that's awful. That's, that's terrible.
Here's the poll. One last time, 67% of the voting audience have given the show tonight a thumbs up. 21% thumbs in the middle and 12% thumbs down. A very entertaining first hour of Monday Night Raw tonight. And uh, the rest, well, nobody will even remember what happened in the final two hours of the show a week from now. But we will know what happened at the Royal Rumble on Saturday. We've got a big pay-per-view coming up. Royal Rumble is the show I look forward to the most every single year. And uh, I will be here live with you as soon as the show is over on Saturday night. Get to come back here and maybe we'll do Be the Booker. Maybe not. I don't know. We can get the uh, the likes goal. We'll do it. But uh, we have Dynamite Wednesday night, SmackDown Friday night. That is the go-home show. So we have a lot of live streaming to do, and then episode 793 next Sunday. If you missed episode 792 of the podcast, please do go ahead and check that out. I uh, have a lot to say about Jay Briscoe, but also Vince McMahon, the Nick Khan interview, uh, and a whole bunch of other stories as well. Well over two hours of Sound of goodness on episode 792. Hey, uh, I smoke a lot of weed with the $1.99 says, I miss you, G. I'm always here. How can you miss me? I never leave. And Winston Smith is going to get the last word here. I went to the store to buy Sprite, but I picked 7-Up. What is going on with you guys tonight? This is This is crazy. If I had tomatoes right now, I would throw so many at you, you would you would look orange. Richie with the five bucks. If Sean went to WCW in 1996, would he be champion or make sure that Hogan is champion? Hogan had creative control. So if Hogan wanted to be the champion, then guess what? Much as he much as he did in 2005, he would have outpoliticked Sean. And uh, he would have been the champion. So anyway, uh, be well. Stay safe. Dr. Dakota Scorpio says, speaking of bad jokes, Monday Night Raw. See, that's the best joke right there. That's the best joke of all. I'll see you guys for the Dynamite Review on Wednesday night. Thanks for all the love. See you back here Wednesday.